Welcome to Matthew's World of Wine and Drink, an educational podcast dedicated to teaching you all about the wines of the world, the different regions, the different grape varieties, the different styles of wine, and the history and culture of wine. As we move towards the end of our series on spirits, we look in this episode at flavoured spirits, liqueurs and bitters. And the flavoured spirits, which we'll look at in greatest detail, are those made from aniseed, such as absinthe. And absinthe is the most famous of um, aniseed-flavoured spirits, but, and also one of the most infamous spirits in the world, because in the 19th century, particularly in France and also Switzerland, absinthe was associated with extreme drunkenness and was seen as a root cause of the decline of the French race, and it was actually outlawed completely in France in the 1900s, also in Belgium and Switzerland. And this is a unique example of one particular drink being prohibited because of its deleterious effects. Never actually banned in the UK because it's never that popular. So the drink did um, continue to be drunk in the UK in very small amounts. And also in Spain as well, it was never banned. So there was absinthe being produced through the 20th century, but nothing like the heights that it hit in the 1800s in France. The last 20 years has seen the legalisation of absinthe, and now it's become a little trendier and obviously easier to find. Although in the US, absinthe from Europe is more or less illegal, and we'll talk about the reasons for that in a second. The absinthe you're going to find in the US is going to be domestic, and quite a few craft distillers do make their own absinthe, so it's certainly possible to get absinthe, even if it's not the original European stuff. So why was absinthe so notorious? Well, in the 1840s, uh, French soldiers were in Algeria, part of uh, French colonialism, and the conditions there were extremely hot. And so they would take something called wormwood in English, which in French is absinthe, coming from the Latin. And this is something that has historically been used as medicinal aid to cure ailments, and that goes all the way back to the ancient Greeks who have mentioned wormwood for medicinal purposes, and that's why those French soldiers were taking the wormwood. But it's pretty hard to ingest on its own, and so they would mix it with some wine or another alcohol-based drink to make it more palatable. And they liked it, and they took it back to France where it became extremely popular and the, the drink became known as absinthe. The um, problem with, or the difficulty with wormwood is that it, it, will not, it needs to be in a solution that's at least 50% alcohol, otherwise it will uh, not be soluble. And so absinthe is always a high alcohol spirit, it's just the nature of the drink. And so if you drink absinthe neat, it's going to be extremely strong. But it was not the alcoholic element of absinthe which was blamed for um, for the high levels of drunkenness due to absinthe consumption. It was actually something within um, absinthe which is completely natural, which is thujone. And thujone is a compound which has hallucinogenic effects, and it's actually related to marijuana. And when the levels of thujone are extremely high, it can cause convulsions. And so people identified this component of absinthe as being the reason why people were hallucinating and having fits and um, kind of losing their minds. And so by, the time, by 1905, when absinthe um, was really strongly linked with, uh, with um, all decadence and decay, there was a murder in, in Switzerland where a man killed his wife and two children after drinking all day, and the cause that the um, the courts and the newspapers identified was absinthe and that element of thujone within it which had caused him to lose his mind and kill his wife and children. 
The thing was, he'd had two shots of absinthe in the morning, which is obviously not a good thing, but then he'd drunk a load of wine at lunchtime, and a bottle of wine in the evening, and he was extremely drunk by the end of the day, and those two shots of absinthe had played a very small part in his day of drinking, but absinthe was seen as the cause, and so it was banned in that canton of Switzerland, and then across Switzerland in general, as well as across France. And so basically the issue with, with absinthe is not the thujone, which is in very, very small quantities in absinthe, but of course alcohol. And the problems of absinthe were really due to chronic alcoholism rather than the levels of thujone. And when um, absinthe was re-legalized across Europe in the 90s and 2000s, the levels of thujone were very tightly controlled, and the maximum you can have is 10 milligrams per litre. And it was thought that maybe this was a lot lower level than was the case in the 19th century, that maybe there was a lot more thujone in the absinthe, which is why people were losing their minds. But actually, research has shown that the levels are probably pretty much the same as in the 19th century. The key problem for absinthe is the high level of alcohol, and it's something which should be diluted with water when drunk. So what is absinthe? How is it made? Well, that base is aniseed, which is a pungent, sweet, rooty, licorice um, botanical, which is grown across the Mediterranean. The way that absinthe will be will be a complex recipes of botanicals. The key botanicals will be star anise, anise and fennel. And these all have a common flavour compound of anethol, and because of anethol, luching occurs when the water is added. So luching, luching is when the spirit changes colour when you add water. So absinthe is usually, though not always, green, and when water is added, it turns into a creamy white colour. And this is because anethol dissolves easily in ethanol, but not water. So you don't see the anethol in the base spirit when once water is added, it is released. All these drinks are intended to be drunk diluted, and so the luching is a natural part of the effect of drinking absinthe or uh, pastis, for instance. And when these uh, spirits are drunk correctly, they're no stronger than wine, so you should really be adding quite a bit of water. So with absinthe, the key ingredient is the grand wormwood, which gives a musky floral note and a bitter quality. There's no actual legal definition of absinthe, though there is that control of the levels of thujome. The botanicals are macerated in a high-strength alcohol spirit for 24 hours. That spirit is then diluted, redistilled with botanicals to a spirit of 80% alcohol. The green colour of absinthe comes from the petty wormwood, or hyssop or melissa, and so it's not always green, it depends if those botanicals are in there or not, but classic absinthe will always louche. Once um, absinthe was made illegal across France, a new drink emerged to replace it, and that was pastis. And this is based on star anise, anise and fennel, just like absinthe, but also licorice root. And the other key difference between pastis and absinthe is that it is sweetened. And of course, it's a lot lower level of alcohol. Production is dominated by Pernod and Ricard. And Pernod Ricard is the second largest spirit producer in the world. The centre of production is Marseille, which is where Pernod and Ricard are both based. But if you go to Marseille or to Corsica, you'll find a lot of uh, artisanal craft pastis producers which are really really good but harder to find outside of the area. The way pastis is made, the licorice root is percolated which means the alcohol and purified water are passed through licorice three times to extract flavour and aromas and there may be other botanicals in there too, thyme, rosemary, laurel and all these flavoured liquids are blended together with neutral alcohol and sugar which will be less than 100 grams per litre. So pastis, in effect, is a liqueur because it is sweetened. Outside of France, there are a couple of other equivalents. There's ouzo in Greece, 
which is a highly rectified spirit redistilled with anise and other botanicals. So anise is the key ingredient there. And in Turkey there's raki, which is a little bit different because it's based on a raisin or grape spirit called suma, which is an important part of the flavour. And that suma is mixed with highly rectified spirit, diluted with water, redistilled with aniseed, and the spirit is collected at 79 to 80% alcohol. And then that flavoured distillate is diluted, it's sweetened and rested to harmonise before release. So those are the um, aniseed flavoured spirits. Looking at other flavoured spirits and going into a particular category called bitters, which is the English translation of Amari. And Amari are um, these very bitter drinks made across northern Italy and other places as well, which historically, like um, wormwood, would, were seen as giving health giving properties, and so they would be used to make people feel better. And these are made by adding bittering agents such as quinine, angelica, bitter orange, rue, artichokes and rhubarb, and lots of other botanicals as, as well. And they can be made by distilling them to obtain an essential oil, or they are macerated in a highly rectified spirit. And that bitter base is aromatized by an addition of clove, vanilla, coriander, or ginger, and that mix may be sweetened to make the drinks or the bitterness of the drinks more palatable. And these recipes are often a secret made by families for set for decades and decades, if not longer. And these amari can be drunk either as an aperitif or a digestif. So some famous examples of an aperitif is Campari and Aperol. Campari lends colour to cocktails because it's made from bitter orange as well as quinine and rhubarb and a Negroni is the most famous cocktail that is made with Campari and the bitterness is tempered with a sweet edge. Aperol is a, similar to Campari but it's lower strength, less complex and more herbal and Aperol is often used in an Aperol spritz which is mixing Aperol with uh, something like Prosecco to make a refreshing, slightly bitter, fizzy drink. But these amari often most commonly found as digestif at the end of a meal to cleanse the palate after the richness of that meal in the evening. And these can be sweet or very bitter. So sweet digestif include Averna, which is the top selling amaro in Italy, which is made from herbs and bark and botanicals, and also in the Czech Republic, Bescherovka, which is very herbal. Overtly bitter examples are very intense, and they're, they're designed to be drunk in small quantities. Uh, Fernet Bakbranco is an example of this, which is made from rhubarb and saffron and aloe and myrrh, iris, bitter orange and cinnamon, a whole cocktail of uh, botanicals, which can only really be drunk in those small quantities because it's pretty overwhelming. In Czech Republic there's Karlsbad, and then in Germany there's Jägermeister, another ingredient which has become more infamous than its quality actually deserves. It's made from 56 ingredients including ginger, star anise, fruits and other botanicals, again a, a highly kept secret. But it's most known now as for Jägerbombs, so the shooters, which for reasons best known to themselves, students will uh, have. And this is a really sharp attack on the senses, which isn't really pleasant, but it's become extremely popular. Then there are the bitters which are used for cocktails, and these are reduced to their essence. And a couple of famous examples are Angostura and Peixo. Angostura comes from Venezuela um, in the 1820s, medicinal drink originally. And this is made from bitter barks. And the most famous um, cocktail, or the first cocktail to be made with Angostura, is pink gins, which is basically gin and Angostura. And this was drunk by the Navy, particularly the officers. Now made in Trinidad, and the recipe is completely secret. Peixot comes from New Orleans, more aromatic, 
cherry stone and anise and these will be used for Sazerac cocktails. And But these bitters are really back in popularity due to cocktails and there's lots and lots made with all sorts of ingredients. Some, some made just from one botanical, others ingredients of botanicals, others even aged. So lots and lots of different uh, bitters to, for the use in cocktails. And then there are liqueurs which are very different because they are sweetened and that makes them different from other spirits and fl other flavoured spirits because they are sweetened whereas absinthe for instance is not sweetened and so there are all sorts of different liqueurs made from every possible ingredient imagine there are berry liqueurs so an example of that would be chambord which is make, made from raspberry there's chocolate liqueurs there's coffee liqueurs such as Kahlua and Tia Maria there are cream liqueurs such as Bailey's which was invented in the 1970s very sweet and creamy and then there's the category of creme liqueurs, and you'll see on a bottle creme de something from whatever it's made from. So creme de cassis, for instance, is made from black currant. This is perhaps the most famous creme because it's used in the Kier cocktail. And mo many of these creme liqueurs are made in Dijon and the Burgundy area, particularly creme de cassis because there's lots of black currants grown there. And the Kier cocktail was invented by a priest and also a local mayor who would greet his guests to his house with a glass of what became known as Kier, which was the local table white wine Aligote, mixed with just a dash of uh, creme de cassis, which just gave flavour and body to the, the white wine. There's also the Kier Royale, which is sparkling wine or even champagne with a little bit of uh, creme de cassis added to it. There's even the Cardinal, which is red wine with creme de cassis added to it, which doesn't really seem necessary. But there are plenty of different creme liqueurs, creme de banane, creme de cacao, creme de cerise from cherry, creme de menthe from peppermint, creme de noyau from almonds, creme de violette from violets, lots and lots of different examples. Uh, also flower liqueurs like Saint-Germain, which is made from elderflower, which is very good for mixing with gins. And then there are fruit liqueurs made from every possible fruit imagine, imaginable. Orange liqueurs such as Cointreau, Curaçao, which is more bitter. Uh, Grand Marnier, uh, made with uh, cognac, which is a really high quality liqueur. And all these will be extremely good in cocktails. Uh, limoncello from lemons, which is, can be pretty rough around the edges, but a good limoncello will be really refreshing with the highest tart acidity from the lemons. You have maraschino from cherries. And then there's the herbal liqueurs. We've already mentioned um, pastis, which in effect is an anise-flavoured liqueur because it is sweetened. And also, uh, other anise-flavoured liqueurs include anisette, which is again used for um, cocktails. Uh, Pacharan in, in northern Spain, the Basque country, um, it has a lot, it's an anise-flavoured liqueur which will have other botanicals in it. The recipe uh, uh, changing according to the, the family that's making it. And that can be a very nice digestif. Uh, Sambuca in Italy as well are not considered quite the same quality. And then there's all the herbal liqueurs, some of which we've um, mentioned, such as Fernet and uh, Besharovka. But there's others as well, Benedictine, Chartreuse, Galliano, King's Ginger, which was um, created by the Berry Brothers, famous importer and wine merchants in London, which was used to to revive Edward VII from uh, cold car journeys. Then there's also Metaxa, which is a Greek herbal liqueur. And then there's also honey liqueurs, not to be forgotten, and nut-flavoured liqueurs as well, as well as whiskey liqueurs, which are coming back into fashion, particularly with um, US whiskey, like um, Jack Daniel's Honey Whiskey. Jim Beam make a honey whiskey as well, and this is actually uh, proving a problem for bourbon producers because it's taken whiskey away from their quality bourbons. 
So lots and lots of different styles of liqueur made from every ingredient imaginable. So thank you for listening. This is Matthew, and this has been Matthew's World of Wine and Drink.